Salutations, Scoob Believer. Do you have a dream of becoming an entrepreneur, but don't know where to start or even what to do? Where can I gather information quickly about what's in my zone of genius? Don't worry, Scoob Believers. I got you covered. Go to tuepodcast.net backslash AI prompt and check out an amazing set of AI prompts that will give you ideas, information, and articles to help you get across that start line. Once again, go to tuepodcast.net backslash AI prompt to get you started now. Good luck, Scoob Believer. Hello there, Scoob Believer. Hey, if you're anything like me, I am just so tired of going from screen to screen to screen trying to figure out my analytics for all of my social medias and trying to figure out where I can put any and all my energies to get as much reach as I can. Well, I think I've finally found the solution. Elementary analytics. That's right. Elementary analytics. Now at a single press of a button, I can see all my social media analytics from Google to Twitter to Facebook, all my important information all on one screen, all on one screen. Can you believe it? And if you really needed to, you could print charts for any possible meetings you might have. If you want to learn more about this amazing program, go to tuepodcast.net backslash EA for a 14-day free trial with no credit card needed. That's tuepodcast.net backslash EA for a 14-day free trial. Try it right now and see what it can do for you. Hey, I'm Sam Mars, founder and CEO of PubFluence, and you're listening to The Undiscovered Entrepreneur, episode 33. Welcome to The Undiscovered Entrepreneur, the podcast where brand new entrepreneurs come to life and could quite possibly be discovered. Join me, DJ Scoob, and the rest of the Scoob Believers as we help these new businesses become a reality. And now, away we go! Hello, Scoob Believers, and welcome to the next episode of The Undiscovered Entrepreneur with me, DJ Scoob. <laughs> Coming at you on whatever device you happen to be listening on. Today is a very awesome episode. I'm really looking forward to releasing this to you all. So much amazing information from this gentleman named Sam Mars. Sam Mars came up with a brand new type of program that is geared basically towards servers and bartenders, which I have kind of a personal stake in. So as everybody knows, it's listened to me up to this point. I am actually a server on my on my night job. So uh, it's kind of long. I'm going to be honest with you. It's going to be a little bit uh, longer than usual, but every single sec of it has amazing stories, personal stories from Sam Mars and, uh, just some great, great information, things that I, I just, uh, just had to share with you. So here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce to you, Sam Mars. Salutations, Scoob Believers, and we are here again with another amazing brand spanking new entrepreneur. Today we're here with Sam. Hey, Sam, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. I appreciate you having me on. All right. Thank you so much for coming on The Undiscovered Entrepreneur, Sam. Now I have a really kind of semi-serious question to ask you, okay? All right. Are you a Scoob Believer? Oh, absolutely. How can you not be? All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have our next school believer. Thank you so much, Sam. Okay, so what I'd like to do here is just give me a little bit of history about who you are, what your entrepreneur adventure is, and kind of how long you've actually been doing it for. Well, I mean, I, there, there's two answers to that. I, I've been an entrepreneur almost my whole life, um, but my current one started in 2021. Um, but what got me into it was... You know, when I was 14, I, I realized how, how much I enjoyed being alive and how much I enjoyed um, this. I call it this life thing. You know, you, you can give it any name you'd like. Um, and I, I realized that at 14 that 
there were people whose brains worked against them in, in order to experience the worst out of life. And people who had depression, people who had mental illness. And that was just the exact opposite of what, what my brain was making me experience. So what I ended up doing was turning my computer and phone into a suicide hotline. And I'd be up all night throughout high school talking people out of ending their life or out of a bad situation. And I did that for about four years throughout high school, freshman through senior. And when I was 16, I, I started working for a company selling medical products. At 18, I left and built my own company selling medical devices. Um, I, I really wanted to focus on helping people. And, and I guess you could say I first started with the mental side of things and then transitioned to the physical side. Uh, during COVID, I, I realized that a lot of the avenues I was use, utilizing for selling uh, shut down and made me think of what other things I could do. I then started thinking of startups and became kind of attached to the service industry. And so, so now I've been for the last year working on an, uh, an app that will hopefully solve a lot of the problems that have been plaguing it since the beginning of its era. Wow, what an amazing story. I mean, starting an entrepreneur thought at 14 is just, just amazing. As a matter of fact, not too long ago, I interviewed a young man who was 15 who is just starting his entrepreneur adventure. And it's the, just the brain of a, of a young one like that coming up with ideas and having different ways to come up with things to make a difference in somebody else's life. I can only imagine what they would be like later on in life, like what you're doing now. I mean, what you're doing now is just basically helping other people accomplish something and doing things that they probably wouldn't be able to do without you. And, and being there for other people is just fantastic. It's such a great feeling to be there for somebody else, to be able to have a product or anything like that, to be able to help them live their lives. So fantastic. Kudos to you, Sam. Thank you for what you do. I really appreciate that. Thank you. All right. So you gave me a little bit of history about where you've come from and how you got to here, but what was the one thing that really made you want to start this particular business about like the app? So to say that, for example, what was the one thing that really kind of was the catalyst for you? Well, it's kind of a funny story. I, I had been contracted out to work for a startup uh, called Sideline Swap, which is an amazing company. Basically, the Amazon for athletes. You can buy and sell used gear on there. Now, what they contracted me out for was a 90-day contract for their ambassador program, their events program, and some of the other smaller things that they just wanted to see if they had legs to stand on their own. With my entrepreneur background and with my um, athletic background, I, I was emotionally tied into it immediately. And I thought it was the perfect thing for me after um, starting my company. Now. After 90 days, pouring everything into it, they decided to go a different way as a company. And it's not like now my position was refilled. It's not like they decided everything I built was, was horrible. They literally had luck with one of the laws regarding um, allowing college athletes to be paid on their, their own likeness. It's called the NIL rule. Now college athletes can make money on their likeness. And because of that, the ambassador program became a D1 program, not like a user ambassador program. Uh, they started capitalizing on their e trade-in events with Dick Sporting Goods. And because of that, my tournament events became obsolete. Mm. So they completely went a different way. But it was good to show them that um, even if they decided to go the way that they're currently going... They'll never be thinking, what if? Because they had someone build out the entire thing, and they were still able to think, okay, this is the right way. So I, in my opinion, I think I saved them time, but it, it hurt. It, it hurt and because it was the first thing I'd ever done for somebody else. I'd always been my own boss. I've always ran companies, built them. And so I was at a bar about a week after, just sulking in myself. And I walk in at 2 p.m. and it's dead. There's not a single guest in the entire place. 
So I say, whatever, I'm going to have time to myself. I go sit up at the bar. No bartender and no other staff in sight. And I decided to wait and wait and wait for about 20 minutes. No one showed up, no guest, until finally a guy walks in, sits down two seats next to me. His name's Chris Bach. He had the whole place to sit down. He sat right next to me. It was I was kind of looking at him like, what are you doing, man? You know, you can sit over there, over there, behind. He goes, where's the bartender? I got no idea, man. I've been waiting 20 minutes. He goes, you know, I work here. Um, if the bartender, it's my day off today. If the bartender's not here in five minutes, I'll jump behind and, and make you our drinks. Uh, I was blown away. I've never heard anyone say that to me in their life. Like, we go just jump behind, make the drinks, and then jump behind again and drink with me. Like, what? So we started talking to, uh, about him as a bartender, and he eventually said, yeah, I work here. And I fill shifts at a couple other places around town uh, whenever they need me. You know, he said that a lot of it's under the table at the time. Uh, but I, I, I was curious. I, I knew nothing about restaurants. So I said, could you be a bartender anywhere? He goes, as long as they have the alcohol. Yeah, you, you can make the drink anywhere. I, I left. I, I didn't even order a drink. I got his number. Uh, and left, started thinking of what what what's going on here. Um, now that was Tuesday. Uh, he then told me that night that he was going to work Sunday at a bar for one shift called Barzia in Minneapolis. And so I, you know, decided to take a couple friends with me and went to go see him at a bar I've never been at. But he told me he was going to work. I knew I liked him, so I show up. Me and my friends, we all order food and, and drinks, and he was awesome, you know, great humor, great guy to be around. Uh, they get Ubers home, or I can't remember, maybe they, they one of them drove home, but I was so close, I walked. And walking home, I realized that we had tipped them each around total, maybe 45 to 60 bucks, something like that, total, all three of us. And I realized that he had only made that extra money tonight because he told me where he was going to be and when. And I started thinking that that's it. You, you, it, it. If you allow bartenders to fill shifts at restaurants, that doesn't solve the staffing problem. Uh, right now, through how I came up with this idea, it turns out you can already fill a shift without an app. What, what's an app needed for? Um, the real problem after doing all uh, a bunch of researching through this app, I, I, I realized there isn't a staffing shortage. There is a shortage of people who understand how to treat their staff, how to manage their staff, how to take care of them, how to understand them. And because of that, you know, Forbes said it best in 2018, restaurants have the uh, worst tenure out of any American. They leave their restaurant employer 27 times more frequent than the average working American, working only 56 days on average or a month and 26 days. That's horrible. People are, are getting as many staff as they need, but they're not keeping them. And the reason they're not keeping them is because with all of the worth that they're giving to the industry, no one is acknowledging it or treating them as such. And I feel if you build an app that allows staff to build more worth for themselves, they will then want to work and they won't care who they're working for. As long as when they're working, they know that they're building the most amount of worth that they can for themselves. And they don't care if it's acknowledged or not because they're making it for themselves. Mm -hmm. If you, it, 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 filling a shift is one thing, but, but you need guests to be able to have a component in, in order to switch the power dynamic from the establishments to the staff. Golly. Yeah. So that's a long that, no, no. I got to tell you, I resonate with every word that you just said, because I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but one of my two jobs is I am a server in a restaurant. You told me for like, yeah, 10 so years. I couldn't remember if I did or not. But the thing is, um, the current restaurant I'm at, I've actually been with for five years. Uh, they're a really good restaurant, good people, but 
in total, I've actually served probably for about 12 years altogether. And everything that you've said, not just bartenders, but servers or anything else, I have experienced personally. I worked from restaurant to restaurant to restaurant until I found this one that actually treats me well. But um, being able to have the ability to fill a shift somewhere else when I have the capability and then have people follow me to these other restaurants is not just a positive thing for me as a server, but a positive thing for the establishment that has the app to be able to fill that space. So I could totally see where you're coming from in that app. And that's just a fantastic idea. And thank you so much for the amazing story. No, I appreciate you, you know, allowing me to finally get it out. I've never, ever talked to somebody about it before. Really? I feel very honored then. Thank you very much for sharing with us, Sam. Everybody make sure they listen to that a couple of times so Sam knows he got his story out. Okay. So... Making the app, what are coming with some of the uh, problems or pitfalls you've had on uh, on making the app and then trying to get it out there? Wow, um, you know I'm I'm probably the earliest stage in a startup you can be, and I've already had many. Um, um, sorry, I, I can't remember. I think Reed Hoffman, uh, the founder of LinkedIn. Um, I'm gonna have to double check me on that name. Well, um, he says it best. He says. Building a startup is like jumping off a cliff and then trying to assemble the airplane on the way down. <laughs> uh, and it, it, it fits. <laughs> now, I'm all for jumping off cliffs and attempting to fly. Um, and I, I did that so quick with this idea that the first pitfall you go through is one, learning the startup industry, the ins and outs of what it takes to build one what um, investors look for when you're building one, what your consumer will look for, what your B2B will look for, um, your business plan, your go-to-market strategy, your total addressable market. I, these are words I didn't even know a year ago. Um, it, it, I, I immersed myself in it to immediately try and you know, grab onto a, a, a ledge before I fall off the cliff. You know, um, Now, just learning it isn't enough. Once you know it, it's still the idea. And without going too, too much into it, my, my cousin and my, my uncle, his dad, are, are very smart when it comes to startups. I'm just going to leave it at that. And they are people to listen to. I flew uh, over to my cousin and talked with him for a little bit. and. Eventually realized that I, I thought I had a good idea. I just he gave me the the here's what you do, here's how you got to do it. Then at the end of the three weeks I was there or something, I presented it to him to the best that I knew. After this is a month after I came up with the idea, so I didn't know anything too much about startups yet, and I presented everything the best I could after like a, like two months of coming up with the idea, and and it was an immediate immediate turn down like a shut down shut off stop what you're working on um he, he built me up and then and then taught me a valuable lesson um that you can you have to know what you're doing before you do the right thing but that doesn't mean that what you're doing right now is the right thing um so he says the market isn't exciting at the moment um he says that there's too many people out there doing the same thing and I, it 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 took me down a couple notches to the point where i i left and well i had to deal with a couple of things but i probably could have dealt with it over the phone but i took the opportunity just to leave and i'm i'm at the airport drinking myself like like an idiot right cuz i i feel like i just wasted so much time and energy on what i've been doing and money and and I had a roadmap set out and it just crumbled. So I, I'm at the bar and the bartender is like, what, what are you doing here? What's going on? Tell me about yourself, right? I mean, we're in an airport, so she meets a bunch of traveling people. And I explain what I'm doing. Well, I, I stated it as if I'm doing it, but in my mind, I thought I was done. And I explained everything and she just 
said, shut up. You know, we need that. And she called her, her coworker over. Ten minutes later, they called the cook in the back over. And, and they're, just, they're just making reaffirmations that I need to do this. And it, it lifted me back up, you know. Before I even got home, uh, I was ready to go again. And all of these things happen before anything's even built. You have to have conviction on what you're doing. And if you don't have it, you need to talk to your users who need it. They will tell you that, that they need it, and that should give you conviction. After that, I, I then had to build the app, and I, I'm an idiot when it comes to tech. You know, there, there's, two, there's two founders in startups. There's the tech co-founder, tech founder. Then there's the non-tech founder. The tech founder can be labeled like, like a Mark Zuckerberg, you know, or, or someone that understands how to build the ins and outs of an app or a website or what have you, software. Now, they call the non-tech founder the idiot with an idea. And, and that's where I come in. <laughs> yeah, right, right, you, you and me both, Sam. You and me both. <laughs> yeah. So in order for me then to go from idiot with an idea to founder, I needed to learn more. And I needed to figure out what I don't know. Because you, you, you know what you don't know, but you have no idea what you don't know. You have no idea. Um, and in order to uncover some of that, I had to read more about tech and more about what um, a tech person does and how to manage their time and their, um, the priorities of what needs to be built and when. Um, so a, a big part of this for me was, was figuring out who is telling me the, the BS when I'm interviewing them and who is telling me the truth. And there can be someone that's like a smooth talker and they can understand um, what they're saying. That doesn't mean that they understand how to do it. So it, it's very difficult when you have no idea about tech and you need somebody who's very talented to buy into what you're doing. Because um, you'll get a lot of phonies. Um, you'll get a lot of people way over your head who you'll never be able to recruit at this point, which I've had a, a few I've had, you know, very quick talks with. And then they just, you know, know very soon I'm, I'm you know, my first startup, I'm not a tech person. Um, and, and they probably want to work with someone who understands tech a little bit better. And I, I totally understand that. Um, but th there's so many pitfalls that will happen that you, you have to go into a startup taking the pitfalls as if it's just part of it and not worrying when they're going to come or what they're going to be, but just be prepared for it because you know they're coming. So if you're prepared, you're fine. A lot of people love to dwell on them. I like to find them. You know, I, I, one shot to the head, not six to the chest for me. Tell me the problems. I'll solve them, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Sam, that's amazing. I mean, you went through so much to get to where you are right now. And it sounds like you finally talked to the right people to keep your spirits up in that particular point. And it's not so much as the, you know, the the negative things that happen to us, but what we do with those negative things, what we do with that particular situation is what pushes us forward. I mean, do we throw our hands up in the air and say, okay, that's it. I'm done. Or do I say, why did this not work? Why did this fail? And let me use that knowledge into my next project or the next thing that I'm going to do to make it better or make it different or whatever I got to do to make this particular thing succeed. So, and I got to tell you, I've talked to a lot of people in your situation where they have this idea, they have this thing they want to do, and they just don't know what to do with it. But all they know is they have the idea. And sometimes that's the one thing that drives you the entire time is that one idea you have, you know, that's going to help somebody like you're going to be helping servers and that kind of thing too, which I, I thank you for. That's for sure. We're going to have a conversation after we're done here. That's for sure. <laughs> so um, another thing too is, you can't let one person bring you down, even though it's somebody that you respected and somebody that you trusted and to go and went a long way to go see and they shot you down. Don't let that one person completely shut down and call 
call it a failure because you know what? It's never a failure until you finally just, and you know, if you let it go, if you let it completely yeah. go and you're done with it, that's a failure. That's you when you throw your hands up. And, exactly. That's when you throw your hands up in the air and say, I'm done. But guys like you and me, we don't have failures. We have learning experiences. Exactly. Right? And we, and we take that learning experience. We put it into the next thing that we're going to work into. Yes. I, I feel that if you quote unquote failed in something that you did, then you better be able to then utilize that failure for your next venture. And if you then re, uh, do not utilize uh, for your next venture, then I do believe the one previous was a failure because you didn't learn anything from it. But that was on you. That's not because the venture failed. That's because you didn't take away anything. Exactly. Exactly. And one thing I want to say too is when you hear somebody say there's a lot of people already doing it, that's actually a good thing because that's saying that the market is attainable because other people have attained the same thing as what you're looking for. So that means that the market's actually working, not not working. I would rather talk about something that's actually out there working right now as for something that's going to be brand new that nobody's ever done before. You know, that 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 makes a lot of sense, which I didn't know about in the beginning when, when thinking of the idea. My idea that I have came up naturally through an experience uh, with another individual. It, it wasn't that I had known that some of the apps were already out there doing something similar. It wasn't that I knew in the beginning that there was a huge staffing problem. Um, it it, it be only happened from over time of talking with, you know, going state to state to state, talking with different bar, bartenders, owners, GM, servers, cooks, guests. Um, but what I realized when I came home after talking with them, my cousins, uh, was that two twofold? One, I was so early that there I realized that there there wasn't anything like this because I didn't really know what I had. Um, and two, you know, I did so I put together my presentation for them so quick that you know, the numbers I used for not just my total addressable market, which is a big number that you need to have correct, but the amount of revenue we could make. I, I miscalculated many things. And that was one of the reasons why they said, it's just not big enough. It's exciting, yada, yada. There's more people like you. And now that I know what I have and what it's going to become, it, there, there's not a single person who would want to take this on. It's, it's stupid. I mean, the service industry has been around forever and it, it's, it's never changed. It's always ran the same way. I mean, even in the U.S., we have tipping. In Europe, they don't. And there's a, there's a problem in the service industries in both con in countries. Um, now, I realized very, very late in the idea, in my opinion, that the, the restaurant industry is, is really just, you know, horse and buggy it, it, before the Model T was built. And when I started talking to a bunch of staff about, hey, how would you solve this? Or how would you solve that? Or what would it look like if you had an app that did this and that? I, I saw a quote that, because none of that worked, by the way. I hated all their ideas, most of them. Some of them were actually really good, but most of them trash. I, 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 got, a, I, got, I got a great quote I saw that said, uh, Henry Ford would be an idiot to have asked people what they wanted back in the day in terms of his next product because the answer they would have given is faster horses when in retrospect they didn't even know they wanted a model t you know combustible engine and i i, I do i truly feel that the restaurant or service industry is, is horse and buggy i don't think anybody's iterated enough to create something that can be taken on by the entire industry there are apps that you can fill a shift there are apps where you can have a reservation. There's apps where you can rate your beer, but there is not anything that is fundamentally changing what the service industry is doing. And, and I feel that no one wants to take that on because people are making individual apps that are becoming billions, just taking on reserving, just taking on rating beer, just taking on ordering food at the table instead of talking to your server. I mean, it, it's just such a big big 
you, you can call it ecosystem. You have establishment, staffing, guests, and you have to be facing every single one of them in order to change the, the industry. So you have to do it in waves. You have to do it in features and functions. You have to be slow. And, and no one wants to do that. <laughs> you know, the only reason I am is because now emotionally I'm tied into the problem after all this time. And I feel that, I mean, I'm not going to be using it. They need it. And, and no one's stepping up here to give a voice to staff to change the, th the things that um, the staff go through. And, and there's no one even making headway in changing the payments that the staff get. I mean, in Atlanta, you get $2.13 an hour. What are you doing? There, I just saw something today that there's bars in Florida. You get paid zero an hour and you get only tips. And then there's a tipping out system in that. I mean, it, it's, it used to be bent. Now it's broken. And to take on all of that, it takes a lot. Um, and I guess I ranted a little bit there, but it's, it's to the point where if I don't take it on, somebody else will. It will just be too late. I feel you. I feel you, Sam. And, to, and just to kind of reiterate what you're saying, a lot of people are uneducated about the payment system that servers actually go through. For example, I'm paid $5.25 an hour. You know, and I and in debt, and then a lot of that gets sucked up because I have to pay taxes on my tips. So I'll get paychecks. Sorry, what it was like? I I I talked to a server yesterday who told me this. Tell me if you went through this experience. If you have a table, and you let's say it was a hundred dollars, and they got drinks and food. Now the bartender made them, cook made the food. Bartender made the drinks, cook made the food. You brought it there. You gave them the experience. Now. They do not tip you, let's say, $0. Do you still have to tip out? Do you lose money for that table? I even do. if that, that's BS. Yeah. Why isn't, why is that a thing? You know? Yeah. That's, uh, that's a whole subject for another podcast. So I'm not going to get too far into that. But Sorry, you know, that's it's okay. But just, just for anybody out there that wants to understand how the service industry works. And right now, and I do completely agree with you, it is a broken system. If I don't get a tip from the table, I still have to tip out a certain percentage of that uh, of that amount spent by the guest to the bartender and to the the um, to the busser that busses my table after the table's over. Fortunately, my restaurant doesn't force me to tip out my uh, my um, cooks, but there are ones out there that do actually do that. So. Um, okay, I'm going to get back to what I want to talk to you about here. Sorry I just want to get that, that out there. No, that's okay. All right. So uh, one thing I really like to say here is if you know what people want before they actually want it, they're apt to understand that you probably have the answer for it. So a lot of people out there, just like you, the quote that Henry Ford was talking about just a second ago, it's kind of the same idea where he has the idea, but nobody knows that he has the idea until he actually puts it out there and people go, Oh, wait a minute. This is a great idea. I don't want a faster horse. I want a car, you know, and kind of the same idea here. I think that same thing happening with this app where, where servers and bartenders will understand, wow, I could really use this. And I didn't really know this was even a thing. And they're going to be apt to come to you because you're the one that came up with the idea. Right. You know, going first to market's big. Exactly. Exactly. And the service industry is old. I'll definitely give you that. I mean, that's been a long time coming, but the technology that we have nowadays is not old. Correct. So if we're able to use that technology into something to make other people's lives better, get paid better, um, have a better following of people going to the restaurants for this example, why not use that new technology to be able to better our lives, better our situation when it comes to, to serving or anything else for that matter that might actually fill that need. I agree. No, and, I, I no, go ahead. Oh, and, and revenue, when, when we talk about revenue, I understand people's thinking about revenue, but I personally think that revenue should not be the first things people think about when it comes to making something for the public. I really believe that the, the helping of other people should come first, and then the revenue will follow into that product, into what you're doing. And then when you get to that point, then maybe talk about revenue. For example, I being a podcaster, I don't get paid anything. I haven't made, I haven't made a single dollar doing this, but I've been doing it for just a smidge over a year now. 
And I got to tell you, I wouldn't change it for anything. I'm helping other people like yourself, Sam, get the word out there, not charging me anything for it because I want you to succeed and I want you to have a way to be able to succeed. And that's why I do things like this. That's why revenue for me is definitely not top priority. Okay, Sam, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I, I was thinking the same thing, actually. If if you went after revenue or you went after you know scaling huge in the beginning, there wouldn't be a single startup. Um what needs to happen is you have to sway people's opinion to using your your software. And if, if if you tell someone to pay for it in the beginning, right away, they call that you like a barrier to entry, and and it's one of the biggest ones. So I feel that in order to have a community who is comfortable paying for your system, your software, you need to be able to first show them that you have a software worth paying for. And there are many ways to do that. But the best way is if you've never, if what you're building has never been created before, it's just let them on or let them on and pay per use instead of paying monthly or paying, you know, whatever, what have you. If you allow people to fill a shift, don't make them pay more monthly make them pay per shift you know you don't pay uber monthly unless you want more features and if you're going to schedule a shift you know don't make them pay if you're going to um allow you to build you know a following with guests don't make them pay to do that make them pay later if you can make functions and features above that that are valuable enough to pay for you know if in my personal um situation because there are a few other uh, indirect competitors, I would call them, um, people that you can, uh, or apps that you can fill a shift at. Um, if I don't release something that's at least 10 times better with my first version, there's no reason for me to, to launch it. There's too many solutions out there already. What, what do I need? What am I needed for? Um, so the, the biggest thing that I've been uh, figuring out and trying to work on is, one, what are those you know, baseline MVP, minimum viable product features, and what could I eventually down the line monetize, and how could I do that? So I'm, I'm very much on, on your side. You know, I don't want to – restaurants already make razor-thin margins. I've never even worked in a restaurant, and I know that. So I don't want to build something valuable that they then have to make spend money to use. I want to build something valuable that they can use that if down the line I can then utilize, you know, the user base, maybe then there's something worth paying for. But to solve a problem, give them the give them the solution. You know, that's how you really solve a problem. Focus on money later. Exactly. The money will follow. Hey, I want I want to I want to say something here, Sam. I'm going to counter something that you said just now. You said that your app or whatever it is that you're putting out has to be like 10 times better than everything else that's out there right now. I disagree with you. If you could make your product 1% better, it's going to be that 1% better than anybody else that's out there right now, and people will look at it doesn't have to be 10%. You're it's you're overthinking it. I I really feel that you're kind of overdoing it in that aspect. If you can make it 1% better, put it out there and then make it one more percent better than that, then one more percent better than that, you will actually start building a better product in 1% and that's going to be a lot more attainable than 10 times, 20 times, 30 times over what's out there already. I actually a thousand percent agree with that. Um what I'm I guess not saying here is everything my app will become. Um, in the beginning, first version, I'm targeting staff. I'm allowing staff to fill shifts while they build a guest following. There are hundreds of apps that you can fill a shift, but too many, to be honest. Um, the 10 times better part, in my opinion, is allowing you to build a guest following and be able to be critiqued, not critiqued, but validated with some of the skills that you put out there that you say that you have good communication, great under pressure. And the staff, the establishment can, can 
you know, validate that almost like an endorsement on LinkedIn. Um, and that and building a guest following creates a brand around yourself as an employee, as a staff member. None of the apps, not a single one, give you any avenue to become a brand. And that is the 10 times better. Now, why I agree with you is because when building an app that's just brand new, that no one's built before, 1% better is more than enough. In fact, 0.01% is great because no one's done it before. But if you're building something that, that, that isn't a problem, quote unquote, filling a shift is not a problem, then you need to build something 10 times better or there's just there's no reason to use it. Um, but the 1% increment that I am doing is once I get the guests, the, the staff and the establishments on board, every day I will try to get 1% better on building that ecosystem. But in order to sway the restaurant community into using my, my shifts scheduler, I guess you could call the first version, you know, um, in order to sway them to use it, I, I have to be, there's got to be a reason why people want to use mine over everything else right now. I mean, there's just too big of companies that you can fill a shift with. Gig Smart, Instawork, Shift Pixie, Jit Chat Show. Uh, there, there, there's so many that are worth hundreds of millions that cover a lot of the, the US that if I tell someone that I'm building like a new service industry, there's no reason to use my shift scheduler in the beginning, if that's all there is, because you can fill a shift with another one. But if I tell them that, you know, I'm building a, an ecosystem and in my ecosystem, you can fill a shift while building a guest following, and then there's going to be more stuff later on that might sway someone saying, okay, this one I can actually build a brand with, you know, it, it, there, there's two things going on. You can either fill a shift on an app or you can build a brand around yourself. And one of those features is being able to fill a shift. Um, but in the beginning, it's just filling a shift and building a, a following. And, and because of that, I have to give a reason that mine's better in this early stage. All right. Well, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. I understand where you're coming from. Sam, I'm going to move on to the next question, if that's okay with you. As you're going along your entrepreneurial adventure, do you have anybody that you look up to, any influences that you've had to kind of look forward besides your cousin that we talked about a little bit earlier and that kind of thing? Anybody you really look up to that keeps you moving forward? You know, I saw this question uh, when you sent it to me and I, I almost, you know, my heart sank because I, I have many and, and none, you know, I'll explain. All of my idols, you know, all of the people that I looked up to growing up to help shape how I think about things or fictional characters um, from anime. You know, I, I was a huge anime kid in uh, growing up. I even started the anime club at my high school uh, while playing on varsity football and varsity soccer. So I was written up in the school paper as being a, a multi-athlete kid, multi-varsity athlete kid um, building the anime club at Eden Prairie. And when, when you get emotionally attached to these characters, you start to think to yourself um, and speak to yourself as if just as if these characters are real. You know they're not, but when you speak about them, just like you were to speak about a character in a movie, you you communicate if it's, it's real. You don't say, "Well, you know, 2001: Space Odyssey could never happen because you know back in the day they couldn't get all that stuff together." No, you speak as if it happened. Oh, there was a problem on the ship. You don't say, "Well, the ship's fake." You know, you just, you, you talk about it if it's real. So I, I grew up, you know, seeing these characters go through hell, put themselves through hell to protect who they want, to save who they want, to, to, you know, take a stand and do what they think is right from, you know, five, six, seven years old up until, you know, a hundred years old, I've been watching anime and I may for the last 10 years, 12 years been watching a lot less because of business, mm -hmm. but it's, it, it's what, it's really what, what shaped, you know, how I think about, okay, if he can do this, I can do this. You know, if, if this anime character can do that, I can do this, 
you know, it, it motivated me to see if they're putting their self through that, I could put myself through a little. And even though it's a fictional thing, it, it really what what did it for me. Um, one one quote I kind of keep with, there's two quotes I keep with me. One is from an anime, one is in, in real life. And the real life one I actually tattooed on my back. It's from Rocky. It says, it's not about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you get hit and keep moving forward. Yes. Oh, I love that one so, so much. Yes. That is amazing. You know, Um, the other one, it's something that when you're, I'm feeling, you know, burnt out or if I'm feeling horrible or like I just failed, there's a quote from an anime called Full Metal Alchemist and the character Edward Elric and his brother Alphonse Elric both say it throughout the, throughout the, the series. It says it, humankind cannot gain anything without first giving something in return. To obtain something of equal value must be lost. That is the law of equivalent exchange. Before you get anything you want, you will be taken down a couple notches. You will lose some things. And I've taken that throughout all of my entrepreneurial journeys. And it, it's, you know, it's made all the difference. You know, it gives me the, the gives my brain the okay to feel bad for a minute, just so it can think about what it obtained. You know, um, it's okay with loss as long as I get. It's okay with giving up as long as I make up for it. Um, it, it just sucks in the moment when you're losing something for something else. You, you can understand what you're losing to gain. So you have to not look in the review mirror, look in the front, you know, look what you're gonna get, not what you're giving up. Um, and, and those two things I, I really, I come back to a lot. And it really does boil down to getting through that failure or getting through that negative part in your life to move on to something more positive because of that equal, I, I'm tearing up right now. I'm, I kid you not, Sam, because that that actually also means a lot to me. I'm a huge anime fan. If anybody listens to any of the other uh, podcasts, I don't talk about anime too much on my podcast, but if anybody listens and knows about my life, I've been watching anime since uh, since Akira. So wow. nicely yeah. done. Thank you. Yes. So, but that really does get into get into a lot of great philosophies of even though we experience negative things, as long as we can persevere through those negative things, positive things are on the horizon. Positive things are on the other side because of the rule of reciprocity. So I appreciate that, Sam. Thank you so much for that. And I'm definitely going to be, I'm definitely going to be clipping that up to, uh, to, for my thing. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> you got it. All right. So you've, you've, I know you're just getting started with this app and I understand that and you have a long ways to go, uh, but you will get there. But when you do get there, when will you think you've made it? What is that one point in your life where you say, this is exactly where I want to be at this point in my life? What does that look like to you? Can you explain that to me? Well, there are two things there. I'm right now in the exact point in life I want to be at. Um, of course, everybody would want more things, want to have more things, but you, people want to snap their fingers and have that. I, I don't. I want, to, I want to make it. I told myself, if I ever buy, I'm never buying a lottery ticket. Because if I win, I'm going to feel like crap. You know, I, I mean, it was just given to me. This is all I'm working for. And it was just given to me. That's what else am I going to like feel that I accomplished? Nothing. I'm going to do nothing with the, the winnings of the lottery. I'm going to enjoy my life, you know. But in, while enjoying my life, I'm going to think it was just given to me, you know. And, and I, it would feel horrible. Um, so I would say the other part of that question is where would I want the business to be? and you know, I told myself I wouldn't want to sell the company until I feel that I've made a dent in the problem. And at this moment, I have no idea what that looks like. So one way of, of maybe going about it is I would love to one day walk into a bar that I've never been in or maybe even a bar I've been in before. And I would love there to be somebody behind the bar or someone server or some cook using my app that I had no, I, I, I did, had no play in getting them on the app. 
I did nothing. I never talked to this person, never knew him. I want to show up like an idiot and just, I want to have them tell me, yeah, I'm here, man, just using this app. You should follow me. I want that to happen. You know, I think that would be okay. I've done the right thing. That's amazing, Sam. That's very similar to my made it moment too, where I'd just be on the street walking, whatever, and go, Hey, you're DHC Scoob, aren't you? I was like, yeah. I was like, thank you so much. I, I listened to that episode with you with Sam, and he was so inspiring. I went and started my own business. Thank you so much. It's been amazing. And that's what I'm looking for. No amount of money is going to be able to make that any kind of difference in my head. Right. So That's an amazing one to have. It really is. It really is. So thank you so much, Sam. All right. Now, I know that that you're new, but if somebody just happened to come up to you and say, Hey, I want to do a similar adventure as you, I want to do something very similar to what you're doing in your app or whatever your uh, entrepreneur adventure might be. What kind of steps would you have them take? What kind of advice would you give them? No, I would say, don't do it. I'm already doing it. Well, I mean, after that, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm joking. Um, I would say first and foremost, you have to be in the right mindset. Um, If you go into building any startup, um, thinking that who you are right now, while you thought of that idea, is the correct person to bring your app to fruition, you're mistaken. You yourself need to evolve and iterate and learn and transition and pivot. Um, And because of that, you just have to start. You need to begin. If you don't begin, you'll never start evolving. You'll never start becoming the person who will eventually be able to launch the thing. Um, And once you have your mindset in, in the right place, you need to be able to block out other people's minds. Um, there's two wars here, the, your, you, you versus yourself and you versus everyone else who isn't telling you what you'd like to hear when it comes to, oh, you should, you know, not do that, or you should do that. Um, whether or not you should do something is up to you. Don't let people who have no bearing on what you're doing have any say or any sway in your mind about, um, your trajectory that you want to go on. You know, I, I I told my my mom and dad about what I was doing, and they said, oh, that's cool. You know, it sounds great. Um, now, are you going to go set up more kiosks? You know, like, uh, that's my other company. Um, and I, I immediately realized that the only people that I need to listen to are the people that could be using it. So I took a lot of money, like, 10, 15K, and I started traveling around the country, going to different bars, uh, restaurants, talking with owners, staff, everybody, uh, to see if what I'm building or was going to build would even be the correct thing to do. So their mindset really helped me because I was asking all the wrong people, you know? And, And if you win the fight with yourself and lose the fight with everyone else, I don't I don't think that's everyone else's fault. I think it's yours. You asked the wrong people or you didn't take the feedback correctly and you allowed it to kill your, your thought. Um, so once you win the war with you and you win the war with everybody else, um, after that, it's execution. Um, there are three steps in a startup, product, team, execution. If you can get over the fact that you're going to make a product and screw what anyone says, check. You have to build a team that then can build that app and get it out to the public. Check. Then you have to come up with an execution plan about how you're going to do it. And for all three of those, the best thing to do is just talk to your users. You can spend money on ads. You can spend money on you know, developers. You can spend money on contractors. You can spend money on whatever. But I would say if there's enough users that you know of, or you know you can get to, spend all of that money on getting to your users and talking to them. Take them out to dinner. If they work at a restaurant, pay it, pay to buy a couple of drinks and, and food, and then tip them while you talk to them. You know, um, Talking to your users can really make or break any startup idea. 
All right. That's awesome. That's some great advice for anybody that wants to start up any kind of business, not just apps or anything like that, but to have that roadway to follow those steps that you gave us will definitely help somebody else that wants to start their entrepreneurial adventure, that wants to get that start because there is so much power in just starting, doing whatever you can. That little bit, whether it's even just reading a specific book or just talking to a specific person that has an idea that can help you along goes into that start. And that goes right into my tag along. Thank you there very much for Sam. I can, I am, I will, and I'm doing it today, doing it now. That's the most important step that you could take because you're not going to get any further until you take that first step towards your entrepreneur adventure. So thank you very much, Sam. I really appreciate you. And if you ever, if you're ever in your travels, end up in Missouri, uh, look me up. Okay. Cause that's, yeah, I definitely will. All right, cool. Uh, That brings me into a nice quote by Les Brown. It says the most valuable place on the planet is the graveyard because in the graveyard, you will find inventions that no one was ever exposed to ideas that never became a reality hopes and aspirations that were never acted upon. You know, if you want to be rich, hang out with the people in a cemetery, you know, you'll find out the best ideas that no one knew about. But if you want to have action, you know, you got to go find people who are acting. Yeah. And, you know, uh, since we're kind of talking, I'm going to throw this out. I should, I wanted to say this earlier, but I didn't want to stop because you were on a fantastic role. Um, There's some books that I'd like to mention when it comes to a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, and I will send them to you in a, in a DM later on. So you don't have to write them now. Um, one of them is called how to win friends and influence people. Have you heard of that, that book? Okay. I've read great. It many times. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that's awesome. I'm glad you did that one. Uh, there's another book by the gentleman named Pat Flynn, who is a gentleman that I follow all the time uh, called will it fly. Now the book, heard of Okay, so the book Will It Fly basically goes over how to come up with an idea and how to test that idea before spending a whole lot of money and time on it. Nice. So um, I think something like that would be great for you. You've done a lot of research already, but I think having a structure for that research would definitely be beneficial for you. Yeah. And making sure that research is viable for the product that you're working on. And that's what this book does for you. That'd be great. I appreciate that. And then another book, uh, and it's one of my favorite books, and I've actually done a podcast on it, is called The Big Leap. Now, The Big Leap goes into a lot of mindsets and a lot of different ideas that you have for yourself to keep yourself in the mindsets so you could find your zone of genius. Now, have you heard of the zone of genius before? No. Okay. So your zone of genius is the one thing, and, and you're in it right now, I can tell. Doing what you're doing right now is your zone of genius. And it's basically the thing that really drives you. The thing that most motivates you in your life is your zone of genius. So if you really want to pinpoint that down to find out what exactly your zone of genius is, that's the book you want to look at. Or here's a self-plug, sorry. Listen to episode 25 of my podcast with usually the four questions to find your zone of genius. And I'll link that in the show notes. That's awesome. I'm actually going to listen to that again after this. There you go. All right. <laughs> All right. So this is my favorite question. I did steal this from everybody. So so many. So I'm sorry about that. What is the one question you wish I would have asked you but didn't? I always miss one. One that was like, I really wish you would ask this question because I had the perfect answer for it. Do you have a question that, that I might have missed? You know, I. The reason I think I don't is because of your experience as a server. I think <laughs> I think we've been able to get everything out that's necessary. Okay, good. And, and the answer to that? No, I'm just kidding. That's fine. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is 42. Yeah, the, the, life and everything. 42. There I love it. I love this guy. Okay. Being the how it is. And I know you're just getting started here, but in the next six months, where do you see you and your company, your brand new app in the next six months? Um, I, I, I think I'm going to push another month on that. Let's say seven. Okay. <laughs> seven, sure. <laughs> uh, only because um, in, in one month, I'm going to be done with uh, what I'm doing over here in Utah. And uh, in fact, I'm actually here helping a a friend of mine, he owns now a company, the same company that I dismantled before I, uh, during when I started uh, working on the startup. 
and while my app is being built for the next month till the end of December, I'm helping him run uh, part of what he's doing over here for the Christmas season. Um, now, in six months after that, I want to be in a place where I can fundraise a proper seed round. I would love to have Minneapolis on board with what I've what I've been working on, um, where I'm launching it, or at least I call it version negative one is what I'll be launching in Minneapolis. Um, I, I really want to be in a point to where now I can build the right team. Um, I, as a first-time founder in, in a startup, uh, having built other companies before, sure, but it's different as a startup. As a first-time founder, I'm looked at different than somebody who has been in it and tried and failed. You, you looked at better if you failed two startups because generally you're third. You, you've learned enough to where you're going to take off. If you haven't even tried, they look at you different. So I, I, I want to be in a point, I want to be in a place in six months where I'm now looked at by others favorably because of what I've been able to accomplish on my own. Um, I can get the app built on my own. I can probably fundraise on my own. I can get the users on my own. I can deal with customers. I can deal with um, everything, people to people, leave it to me. But I'll eventually need to be able to um, build a team of people that are much smarter than I am. Um, and I feel like I'm a, I'm an A player, A minus player, uh, maybe B plus plus at worst, in my opinion. I have to be able to recruit a co-founder or my first founding team member. That's an A, A plus player. If, if, I'm, if I'm unable to do that, the app will never get where it needs because that player is going to be able to recruit more A players, more A players, more A players. Um, I, the problem lies with me being able to recruit people smarter than me. And I hope in six months to be in a point to where I can do that. All right. That's some great goals to have a team put together and uh, to have things flowing for you like that. That's amazing. So what I'm going to do with you is in the next six months, seven months, I'll give you seven months. Yeah, seven months. uh, I want to follow up with you, have another interview like you're having with me right now. And we're going to see if you've actually accomplished those goals. All right. Seven months. Is that okay with you, Sam? That's great. You know, now we're cooking with oil. That's right. And other things too, right? We're going to cook. We're cooking with all the kinds of things. Okay. So <laughs> Sam, this is your time to shine. I want you to find, if we want to get a hold of you, ask any questions about your app uh, or anything like that, this is your time to shine. I want you to explain it to me and go ahead and give me your best pitch. Okay. Ready, set, go. Uh, you can right now, you know, call me at 612-963-7945. Uh, email me at mars at ifreepore.com. Um, with everything else, I'm not releasing um, because I, I'm launching in a secluded area in Minneapolis. So I, even if others wanted to get on right away, they wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't let them. I need to get out the bugs. I need to get out the problems. And then once I get the problems out after that six months, I plan to... to like. Um, invest again, get invested again, fundraise again, um, and then launch on the app store for everybody. But until then, even if people got it ahead of me, there'd be a wait list. All right. That's okay. If anybody wants to get a hold of him, uh, give him a call or an email if you have any questions about what he's doing. And uh, Sam, thank you so much, so much for being on my show. It's been fantastic. No, thank you for having me. I mean, I, I was so excited to come on. And now I'm a little nervous because I have six months to get my ass together. You know? <laughs> well, that's why I do this because I want to hold you accountable for your goals. And I want to be able to push you along to be able to reach those goals. So I, I really I, appreciate that. It's, it's mean, but it's nice at the same time. Right, Sam? Call it golden bullet. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, school believers. Thank you so much for being here and uh, stay tuned for the wrap up. Okay. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Sam Mars. He really is just getting started in his entrepreneur adventure. And it's really great to see just somebody just get very, very into what they're doing, 
even though they're just getting started, they have so much great information and just so much enthusiasm for what they're doing. It was awesome to actually just look at and listen to. So that's awesome. So, you know, there was a couple of things I said that I'd like, I'm going to clip that out, you know, and it was just awesome. The, everything that he said, when I said, I'm going to clip that out, I want to make sure you paid attention to everything I said I was going to clip out because it was great information. It was just so awe-inspiring to have a gentleman that's so much into what he's doing. And he has this amazing idea he wants to help other people with. I am all about that. I'm all for it. So if you want to contact uh, Sam and help him out in his entrepreneur adventure and help him with ideas or even help him with some program or anything like that, make sure you reach out to him and say, hey, I can help you with this or I can help you with that. He has just some so much that he wants to give others. I think we should all help him out as school believers. So also, I want to put this in there too, and I'm really excited to announce this, but I have my very first Patreon. Yes, somebody had decided that they want to help other people with their entrepreneur adventure, so they joined my Patreon. So I want to say a special thank you to Brian Briggs, my first ever Patreon from Ocean Tree Creative. And if you want to see anything about him, Make sure you find him on Instagram over at Ocean Tree Creative. And if you want to follow me, I'm going to keep this kind of short because it was kind of a long interview. But if you want to get a hold of me for anything and you want to follow me in any of my social medias, you can always go down to the show notes. All of them right there. All of them clickable. Just click on that and just start following me. Or you can reach out to me at uepodcast.net. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for a great show. And we're on to the next one where we're actually going to feature three I count them three very experienced entrepreneurs. I'm really looking forward to sharing their stories and their information and what they have to offer us as screw believers. All right, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>